He was the first to make your heart pound. Where is he? He was the first to make you scream for mercy. He's probably out there somewhere. He's the first name in terror. And he's about to meet the last word in destruction. Don't want to mess around with me. Friday the 13th, Part 7, The New Blood. Rated R. Starts Friday, May 13th at a theater near you. Welcome, boils and ghouls, to another installment of Shock Sessions. Brief horror-related topics presented by myself, Chris, the creepy co-host of the It's Alive Horror Podcast. You just heard a trailer from Friday the 13th, Part 7, The New Blood. And that movie, it's definitely one of my favorite installments in the series. It was the perfect blend of silly and scary, and it has everything that makes a Friday the 13th film so ridiculous and enjoyable. When your horror franchise is dwindling, at a psychic. Isn't that an official rule by now? But what's truly important is it spawned what we're talking about tonight. During my time producing shock sessions, I've covered a serial killer, poison Halloween candy, and the Ouija board, but tonight I thought I'd cover a different game. Something more personal, all the bit frustrating, yet lighthearted. If you find murdered 8-bit children lighthearted, that is. So, stay tuned. It all takes place out at Crystal Lake. That pleasant little camp where happy children of all ages go to spend a fun-filled summer. But with this summer, we'll be different. The fun will have to wait. Jason has decided to come to the camp, and terror is the only game they'll be playing. Only you can stop this terror. You and your six camp counselors can prevent Jason from running wild. It's not an easy task. You must first fight your way through forests filled with man-eating wolves, caves covered with blood-sucking bats, and hordes of mindless zombies at every turn. If a friend is in danger, it's up to you to help, or else you can just kiss them goodbye. Jason doesn't play favorites. He'll take anyone. Don't think that hiding in a cabin or staying adrift in a canoe will keep you safe. The only way to survive this summer is to challenge Jason face to face and destroy him. Don't worry that it hasn't been done before. There is always a first time. Well, not always. 
<laughs> that description can be found on the back of the box holding Friday the 13th, the game cartridge. The front of the box, now considered iconic in some circles anyway, featured a machete-wielding Jason surrounded by an almost Predator-esque background. Friday the 13th was developed by Japanese game developer Atlas and published by LGN for the Nintendo Entertainment System. It was released in February of 1989. It was developed as part of an aggressive expansion by LGN to focus on video games based on media licenses. If you've learned anything from this era of gaming, it's that LGN was famous for releasing notoriously bad games based on great licenses such as Back to the Future, The Terminator, Nightmare on Elm Street, Beetlejuice, and Roger Rabbit, just to name a few. These games often sold really well, they were popular due to the name attached rather than the game itself. And as someone who used to collect NES games, nothing was cooler than owning a cartridge of Jaws or the Karate Kid, but playing them was a different story. If you grew up playing or owning any of these games, you understand where I'm coming from, but if you didn't, where does that lead you exactly? Perhaps we need a different perspective to start our story tonight, and lucky for you, that's exactly what I set out to get. The following is my girlfriend's first experience playing 1989's Friday the 13th on the NES. Take it, she's not a gamer, and not a horror fan. Alright, so this is your first time playing this game? Yep. Never <laughs> You've never heard of Friday the 13th? No, the game, I think. Press a button. I did! Press start. Alright, so already there was some confusion there. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it stays at the credits scene and you have to hit start. Okay, so now you have a map of Crystal Lake. You kind of know Friday the 13th. Those are your counselors, so you can pick any of those counselors and that's going to be your character. You can select your character, whatever you want. Always press start, babe. Well, I don't know. Use the torch to light the fireplaces. How do I do that? Okay, so get a use for the controls. I need to kill people. Oh, you don't have anything to kill them right now. Well, no, I'm just... So right now, yeah, we just avoid, and then you can go into cabins by pressing up. Mm. It looks kind of weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm moving. <laughs> Well, that's just the limited hardware. I mean, this is 1989. I think it's pretty cool. So you would like that, but you don't have anything. Oh. So you just have to look, you have to travel to campground and you have to look for things. I know, but how do I get out of here? Go out the way you came. I don't know how I came. <laughs> just go that way. Uh, keep turning until you see a path. <laughs> You're like getting she's there. <laughs> she is. Right? She is. This one leg is moving. Okay. <laughs> So just avoid the zombies there. There's 15 children. Yeah, so those are the children you have to protect. He's traveling the campgrounds, killing them. So you have to gear up, save those children, and defeat Jason. That's the point of the game. Just... Oh, you got the rock. Nice. You can go to that cave if you want. Watch out for the... Oh, okay. I don't know what I did. You just went down on a path. George looks a lot like Laura. Okay, that flashing means... <laughs> Uh-oh. That flashing means, uh... Means what? Jason is, is killing one of the counselors. You can always hit start. So that basically means there's a counselor in there. Jason's in there. Jason's killing the counselor. Aww. So... <laughs> 
So basically what's happening is it's it's a race against time, but you don't really have much direction, do you? I mean, it doesn't really tell you. No. No. Okay, so keep, press start. That's just the map you're opening. Okay, get away from that zombie. I'm trying. Whoa. I did not press up, by the way. It's I fine. was gonna press up. Well, it knows what you're gonna do before you do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's innovation is what it is. In order to light stuff, you gotta get a rock. You get rocks that's your weapon to kill zombies. You kill zombies, you get a lighter. You get a lighter, you're able to light fireplaces. <laughs> you light fireplaces. I'm sorry, I can't come over there. Hey! You just went back into it, Gavin. Alright, turn around and just exit. Uh, what is. Oh man, they're kind of. Ooh, there's a knife back there, but it's gone. No, it's. it's... Gotcha. Can I kill him? Where is he? Come at me, Jason. I got a knife off. Beat you. Killing too many children. Ooh, okay. No, no water. Okay, I guess I'm going in the water. Watch your health here. Uh oh. Ah! I died. You can go into that cabin. Those cabins. Hurry! I'm trying! Ooh, those are all the dead kids. Oh. Look at all them staring at you for what you've done. Morbid. <laughs> oh no, I need. Oh, I... can I cure them? <laughs> you can't cure death, <laughs> Bree. This is Friday the 13th. This is no game. <laughs> oh, boy. Well. I died. You and my friends are dead. Game over. That sounds about right. Alright, so that was... <laughs> I didn't even die from Jason. I died that was Friday. The... <laughs> that was Friday the 13th. What'd you think of it? Okay, controller sucks. Why? Because I kept pressing to go forward and then put me back in the stupid cabin that I just exited. Makes no sense. Okay. What um, else did you not like about Stupid them? zombies don't die. Yeah. Even well, though you, you throw rocks them. at Well, okay, I'm sorry that when I jump, I feel like I'm jumping over them and then I'm dead two seconds later um, is direction in the game clear if no. i if i wasn't here and you played this game would you know what to do no <laughs> no i would not know what to do at all and i didn't know what to do while you were standing next to me so i would say that i would play this again just because i want to see if i can kill jason but i know i probably wouldn't be able to why do you think this game's remembered almost 30 years later it's remembered. People, okay. Shocked that it is remembered. Because it's a forgettable game. Yeah, but it's Friday the 13th. That would be the that's only the reason. reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. Out of all the Nintendo games on here, would you recommend this game or would you play it more only to get better Only if you at want to be really confused. If you enjoy not being confused, then I do not recommend this game. <laughs> all right. Not a great first impression does Jason Voorhees make, right? So if that's the case, what makes Friday the 13th so special? Surely it should be buried with everything else LGN has produced in a proverbial gaming shitpile, right? It's gone down as one of the worst NES games ever conceived, as well as an innovative survival horror game ahead of its time. Personally speaking, I view it as the latter. Maybe that's because when you rented a game that was your weekend, and you had to make the best of it. Maybe it's because I felt the need to like it because it was based on something that I seen as adult, and at that time I was barred from watching it as a child. 
Maybe I'm just nostalgic about it because it was my first experience with Jason Voorhees in the Friday the 13th series. But let me dig a little deeper for you. In premise, LJN's adaption of Friday the 13th doesn't make much sense. Even the company's take on A Nightmare on Elm Street, an NES game that they developed that I mentioned earlier, it had more justification for its existence. Freddy Krueger's manipulation of the dream world offered possibilities for a video game. All Jason Voorhees ever did was walk around carved up teenagers. It's no real surprise, then, that a game following the adventures of a group of camp counselors trying to survive Jason's wrath would become notorious as one of the worst ever produced for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Yet, it's not as terrible as the reputation suggests, and while the execution may be perceived as poor, the ideas behind it deserve another look. We are Nintendo Ultimate TV Game System. Aim your sucker gun. You cannot beat us. Even with your robot partner, you cannot beat us. Discover new worlds. You cannot beat us. We are Nintendo. We challenge for theirs. You cannot beat us. There's no denying most of the criticisms thrown in Friday the 13th. The big one, the one that makes the game nearly impossible to recommend, is the difficulty. Yes, games from this era were nearly always harder than modern games. Few people managed to get through Ninja Gaiden or Mega Man without some form of PTSD. But difficulty on its own wasn't necessarily a bad thing. Good design can use difficulty to generate a more focused experience creating tension and a catharsis through a challenge that punishes without being overtly unfair. That sense of fairness is key though, and while it can be a hard concept to pin down, Friday the 13th is not fair by any reasonable standard. The player chooses from one of six counselors of varying agility. Only two of them are worth playing, Mark and Chrissy if you want to play the game after this. It's then your job to protect 15 children and every other counselor at Crystal Lake Summer Camp from Jason Voorhees. Jason's attacks come regularly, which means the player spends most of their time dashing towards his location, trying to beat the clock, allowing little space for exploration and discovery necessary to build up your arsenal and take Jason down for good. You scour the campground looking for rocks, knives, machetes, torches, anything to give you an upper hand in your inevitable showdown with Jason. But the challenge is Crystal Lake itself is overrun with an endless supply of zombies, wolves, bats, and crows. Starting the game up, the goals are unclear, the tools needed for survival appear semi-randomly, and if you die, you lose everything, unless you pass it on to a different counselor. Lives are measured out on the counselors themselves, and if you lose the good ones, you're pretty much screwed. The fights with Jason are badly timed nightmares. And while none of the other enemies are impossible to kill, the sheer volume of them makes any progress a chore. Alright, so have I sold you on it? Probably not. I just want to make clear that this game has gotten a bad reputation for a reason. But if you can endure, or you're just a sadist, there's a silver lining to this blood-splattered machete. Friday the 13th is horror, 
and horror games, as they've developed since 1989, are largely about managing resources. Early entries in the Resident Evil series made great use out of clunky, tank-like controls and limited access to save points and bullets. And while the Friday the 13th game doesn't have that level of intention, the hostility towards the player kicks in immediately, setting a tone that's fit for the genre. Working against the clock and fighting an overpowered foe under rules that aren't immediately clear is entirely fitting. A good game based on Friday the 13th series should have a feeling of hopelessness running through it. If Jason were easy to beat, he wouldn't be scary now, would he? And he is scary. Or at least, he's scary as a game targeted at 12-year-olds could be. The key is a mixture of rising tension and surprise. Jason appears in two different areas, on the trail that runs around the lake, or inside one of the cabins you can explore. On the trail, there's no warning. Just a shift in music and Jason darts into view, hurling axes and taking several hits before disappearing as suddenly as he appeared. When Jason materializes in a cabin, a countdown shows up alongside a blinking green mark on the map to mark his attack. And once you're inside the cabin, you have to search each room systematically, never knowing which turn will lead you face to face with this killing machine. The result is an impression of pressure and pursuit that mimics the third acts of the best Friday the 13th films. There's no real final girl here, but there is a sense that the world has been honed down to a fine and brutal edge. The odds are stacked against you, and the consequences for failure are swift and definitive. In some ways, the game is even more effective than its source material at generating a feeling of impending doom. Even the best of the movies were bogged down with clunky dialogue and padding, but there's none of that here. The six counselors represent the players' lives. If you run out of counselors, or if all the children you're trying to protect are killed by Jason, you lose the game. In practice, this adds to the game's brutal difficulty, but in concept, it fits the game's cinematic beginnings. In a better designed, more balanced version, Losing characters instead of just numbers means creating your own distinct narrative. A slasher flick in which the hero's allies are whittled down one by one. It's a concept that would achieve fruition in more story-focused modern games, like 2015's Until Dawn. But here, it's more of an irritation than anything else. But the principle is sound. The game also does its best by the series' limited mythology. There's Jason in the Hockey Mask, the film's most definitive element. There's the Crystal Lake Summer Camp that's so often played host to the Carnage. But for players who dig a little deeper, there's also a boss fight with the disembodied head of Jason's mother. And if you win the fight, you get to wear her sweater, reducing the damage that you take. This nod to the climax of Friday the 13th Part 2 is an impressive deep cut, one that pays homage to the source material by reshaping it to fit the needs of a different medium. That extra effort was in there, and it was noticed by fans. But what if you went into the game blind to the mythology of Friday the 13th, as, say, I did? I received my Nintendo Entertainment System as a birthday gift from my grandparents in 1991, and it sent me down the path of video gaming I'd be traveling for most of my life. And although I spent most of my time coupled with the likes of Mario Brothers and Battletoads, there was a game that I built courage to rent, and eventually own. That would be none other than this one, Friday the 13th. This game introduced me to the lore of the Friday the 13th franchise, as confusing as it seems. 
I rented it several times from my local Lion video, and I eventually ended up buying the copy for $11 since by that time Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis games were the current hot rentals. That neon pastel interpretation of Jason Voorhees, as ridiculous as he looks, holds a special place in my heart in both my video game and horror hobbies. I notice I'm certainly not the only one, as this version of Jason has become quite marketable lately through action figures, t-shirts, pins, and hockey masks themselves. And it makes great sense in this heavy nostalgic culture that we live in. And with that, I feel as if fans are going back to the game with a more open mind, or some are being introduced to it for the first time. After all, if this game is such a dud, why would it be remembered so fondly nearly 30 years later? Jason Voorhees also took a dive back into video games last year with the new Friday the 13th game. Starting as a crowdfunded project, it was developed by Illphonic and published by Gun Media for the PC, PS4, and Xbox One. This time, players can choose to play as one in a group of camp counselors or as Jason himself. Think of it as a big, beautiful game version of Tag, but with 400% more violence and murder. This game is a complete celebration of the horror franchise in terms of fanfare and gameplay options, with environments harkening back to the various locations of the films to the options of playing as the many looks of Jason Voorhees himself. They even have an option to play as the neon-colored version of Jason, as made infamous by this 1989 game we've been discussing. I personally think it's great for a game like this to be embraced by its fanbase. It was a game based on an R-rated horror franchise during a time where video games were aimed at children. It was pretty unique in that sense. If the difficulty were a little less punishing, if there were just a little more depth, LJN's Friday the 13th could be a forgotten Nintendo classic. As is, it's a messy game for sure, but it deserves better than to be dismissed outright. In its way, it's every bit as ugly, ungainly, and laughable as the movies that inspired it. But that feels appropriate. After all, it's a game with only a face a mother can love. Jason, mother is talking to you. Jason, mother is talking to you. Alright, well, I even rest my case with LJN's Friday the 13th. It could be the nostalgia talking, or perhaps I'm just flat out delusional, but I tend to enjoy my time spent in 8-bit Crystal Lake. But I want to hear from you. Did you play this game at any point in your life, and if you did, what did you think of it? Have you played the new Friday the 13th game? Have you ever played these games while wearing a hockey mask? What did your neighbors think? Let me know by tweeting at It's Alive Pod, emailing us at itsalivepod at gmail.com, or letting us know through our website or Facebook page. Also, please take note that it's been announced in June of 2018 that the Friday the 13th game, as well as the franchise, is being held up in a lawsuit, unfortunately. Uh, Victor Miller, the screenwriter of the original Friday the 13th film, decided the rights were his and he set out to reclaim them. So this triggered an ongoing legal battle with those who believed otherwise. So pretty much all Friday the 13th media has been halted until this is settled. 
which means machetes, lightning, cryogenic freezing, you name it. Uh, none of these things could finish Jason Voorhees, but it seems all it would have taken to stop him dead in his tracks was a lawyer with a cease and desist order. With that being said, it looks like our shock session has come to a close. I'd like to thank Vice.com and AVClub.com, as well as the official Friday the 13th Wikipedia, in helping me in my research. You can catch more shock sessions striking the dark days in between regular episodes of the It's Alive podcast, in which you can listen to at itsalivepodcast.com, as well as on iTunes. Our apologies, of course, for the lack of content as of late, as the realm of the living has kept us quite busy. Believe me or not, we will be back with regular episodes broadcasting from beyond the grave soon. If this episode managed to get you to dust off the old NES or hit up eBay for a copy of Friday the 13th, then my job here is done. Helpful hint, though. Remember to light all the fireplaces to receive the torch. You'll get a lighter by defeating a lot of zombies. And if you're a young listener, blow into the cartridge for it to work. Literally, blow into it with your mouth. Yeah, it's, it's weird, but good luck. Yo, with your baby.